Indiana Runner Podcast Season 6, Episode 42. My friend Taylor Marshall and I go through the state finals. It was exciting. Let's cue the drops. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> Leg out. All right, the state finals. It's in the books. 2023 is over uh, for distance running. Well, we still got some other stuff, but in terms of the school things, Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall, Indiana Runner podcast. I've been looking forward to doing this podcast all weekend now. So, Taylor, a couple things we want to talk about before we get into kind of our recognition and, and just our talk, especially of the podium teams. Nearly ideal conditions, perfect temperature low 50s maybe 50 flat for the boys race relatively great footing there was some rain but as i walked around it even in the lower parts and you know the the first half of the race is much lower than the second half of the race essentially and that led to great times so on the boys side typically about 16 minutes most years will put you pretty close to the top 25 uh this year 16 flat got you 63rd wow that is a, uh, you know what, that's just indicative of all of the improvement we've seen in the state on the boys and girls side and new shoe technology and all kinds of exciting things. You know, I was uh, texting some some coaches yesterday, kind of I know, hearing some thoughts, giving some thoughts. And, uh, you know, to me, I think the best word that sums up yesterday's state meet uh, is unexpected, Colin, right? This is the fun part about athletics or high school athletics, you know, all together, right? Um, a couple unexpected things to highlight. Uh, we had an unexpected girls team champ. Not like yeah. totally bizarre, just not the team that we thought was going to win going I, in. And right? I think there have been times where we may have even said it. We'd kind of written them off. Yeah. We were I mean, wrong. You know, we were really high on them earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of fizzled and then they said, well, hold my Gatorade after hearing that podcast. And they came and proved us wrong. We had a, a bit of a surprise in the individual girls champion, you know, yep. again, not, yep. not the, not bizarre. She's one of the best state, <clears throat> just maybe not the favorite going in. We had a team uh, finish off the podium for the first time in 20 years. Uh, we had a team win by a uh, hundred points. I mean, there's all all kinds of things that, you know, are unexpected that we didn't necessarily think might happen. Well, and those last two unexpected in the course of the last several years, but maybe not unexpected as we headed into the meet this week, right? Um, yeah, give, give or take. And that's what that was uh, the other point that I put in, in the outline before we get to our uh, top 25 individuals, our medalists and our top five teams for the boys and the girls. And that's that. Uh, you and I follow it. We check in with each other maybe close to daily about different things. And then we do the weekly podcast and we don't really know that much, do we? 
yeah, no, we don't even know. We just, you know, we're taking our best educated guests out there. And, um, you know, whether it's you and I talking on the podcast, trying to figure out what we think might happen or people commenting on the message board about, you know, what they think, you know, making their predictions, um, you know, it's, it's uh, exciting and fun. And that's why you go out there and actually run the race. So I, I didn't know this. And I think I texted you because it was a surprise to me that the individual medals, I'm sure it's somewhere in the in the notes, the bylaws, whatever Paul Neidig or Brian Lewis sent out, but I didn't know that they were awarding 25 individual medals. Yeah, I know they pulled coaches last fall asking. Well, they pull us every year and we always say 25 and it's never been until this year, which I think is great. Go ahead and pull the coaches on this. Should we go back to the 1 p.m. 145 start or should we stick with the noon mm-hmm. and 2 o'clock start? Yeah. Go ahead and pull the coaches and see you know, if they release those numbers, I bet they won't. Um, and this worked out selfishly. This worked out for me because uh, one of the kids I coached was 21st. So he was yeah, excited to finish out. in the top 25, but also would have liked to have had, um, would have liked to have had a medal and he got the best of both worlds. He got the top 25 and he got a medal. So, and a, and a team title shout out, Tommy B. Okay, speaking of which, let's go through the top 25 boys, and then we'll talk about the individual race, maybe. Uh, and then we'll go through the top five teams and, and talk a little bit about each team, maybe give each each of the podium teams a minute or two. Here, so 25th, uh, Griffith Sr., Joey LaPatra, 1539. 24th from Christian Academy, a senior, Alexander Pinckney, 1538. 23rd, Danville Jr., Jack Harold, 1535. 22nd, Martin Barco, the fourth from Martinsville, 1534. I believe he told David Woods of Dice that, that given his preparation and splitting time between cross country and soccer, he thinks this is his best accomplishment so far. That is um, good for him. I'm congratulations. Who are we to argue with what yeah. he thinks his best accomplishment is? Sure. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> and we don't know what his preparation was like. We, we don't know those practices. And yeah. a very accomplished career already with, with a spring season to come. And I believe he's going to run at the University of Washington. Is that correct? Yes. And that is a, they had a meet last year, a single meet where I think they had like eight or more men break four minutes in the mile. So yeah, and that's his best event. So he's going to a good school. You know what? He could do it before he even gets there. And you know what? Staying close to home because he's still going to be in the Big Ten. Hey, that's right. Who would have thought close to home? How about that? 21st, my guy, Tommy B. Thomas Biltemeyer, senior from Carmel, 1534. Best time he's ever run in his life. Best race he's ever run in his life. Good timing. 20th, and this was the mental attitude winner, a senior from Fort Wayne Concordia, Vaughn Hendrickson, 1533. 19th was Evansville Wrights Jr., Jackson Nolan, 1532. Jack Turnbull, a junior from Zionsville, 1531 for 18th. Liam Bauschke from Mishawaka, 1530. Little hobbled this week. Heading into it, Matthew Kim from Fishers, a senior, 1530 as well for 16th. 15th, Lucas Arincione, Floyd Central Jr., 1529. A pair of sophomores in 14th, Landon Miller from Greencastle, 1529. Noah Bontrager of Westview in 13th. 1528, Neil White, a junior from Columbus North, seen a lot of improvement here over the last calendar year. 1525 for Neil. Ryan Ream from Bloomington South, an all-state finish. 1525, Ian Baker from Brownsburg, who really burst on the scene in the spring, carries that momentum forward through uh, the fall season. 
15-24 for 10th. Calvin Seitz, a freshman from Jasper, 15-23, fastest freshman time run on Laverne uh, at the state meet. Samuel Spies of Zionsville, a senior, 8th, 15-21. They call him State Meet Sam, or at least they should. Uh, 7th, no nickname necessary. My guy, Kyle Grove, shout out, a senior from Carmel, 15-18 in his first state meet, Taylor. Shane Conroy, a junior from Portage, 15-15. This guy led for most of the race. Aaron Richter, a junior from Elkhart, 15-15. Shout out, Tony Provenzano, a senior from Carmel, 15-06. Sam Quagliaroli, junior from Fishers and the number one returner, also in 15-06. Will Conway, a senior from Floyd Central, 1503, and your state champion from Burbuff, living up to his name by, I believe he ran 255, maybe even 253 for the last K, closing. That's what it says on 253. the 253. Yeah. And did you know that Laverne's a little long, right? It is a little long. You, I've uh, measured it. I, do, you know, do you know where the extra distance is? Uh, where's the extra distance? It's all on the last K. Yeah. 14, sorry, 1455. Again, your state champion from Burbuff, closing Cameron Todd. Any quick thoughts on the uh, boys' individual race? Kind of what we thought, more or less. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you know, what was that? Uh, who was that coach for the Cardinals years ago who said we were Den- they Denny were, Green? They are who we thought they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what we thought, right? I mean, we, we had said Todd, you know, maybe much to your personal chagrin was the favorite going in and likely yeah he earned it likely to win um had been the best in the state for pretty much the entire year um and then the other contenders we thought would be conway and quagli aroli and provenzano and they were all uh right there and you know had a decent separation there at the end from the rest of the field so i you know it's kind of what we what we thought it might be and um you know that's uh hats off to them for you know, uh, not that us talking about them puts pressure on them, but these are kids who put the pressure on themselves. And when they have that yeah. high level, you know, in their mind of what they want to achieve, that's not always easy. So congrats to those four boys I just named for, you know, uh, delivering for their own sake. Sometimes me talking, the goal is to take pressure off of one of those four kids. Yeah. What if I, if I gave you uh over under, Two and a half Indiana boys qualifying for Foot Locker Nationals. Would you take over or under? I'm going to take the over. I think it'll be three. I think at least three of them will make it. And I, I think Todd could win. Um, That would be exciting. That would be, you know, uh, two Indiana guys back to back. Agreed. Uh, top five teams. Hamilton Southeastern with a surprise fifth place finish, at least to me. 242 points. Fourth place, Zionsville, 232. Third place, Brownsburg, 218. Second place, Fishers, 185. And the state championship team with an average time of 1533 was Carmel, 76 points. Columbus North, two back from Hamilton Southeastern uh, to miss the podium there. And maybe a surprise team here, Fort Wayne Concordia was seventh with 253 and Floyd not far back from the podium either at 254. Any any uh, brief thoughts here on the boys' team race? Well, again, I had mentioned unexpected earlier. Another thing that might be considered unexpected, the, the Brownsburg boys on the podium, right? That was a team that, you know, we said were sort of on the outside looking in the podium, but a solid 
solidly made it right a, a very strong third place finish for them a bit of a surprise for hsc i i will admit i think i said this on the regional recap podcast that i may not have taken their podium chances as seriously after their incredible performance at the regional uh or the sectional i think it might have been um but they you know they really delivered uh when it mattered most and then you know Columbus North. I mean, that's just a tough spot to be essentially three points then off the podium on the tiebreaker. HSC would have got him anyway. So you're just, you're just so close. That's, that's hard uh, to do. And then, um, you know, shout out to, uh, to you and your boys for getting it done. So let's go through here. Give you meant, we mentioned, you know, North, North being Columbus North. I used to coach that. I can just call them North. North Concordia Floyd they're all they're all pretty close let's let's give each of the podium teams with maybe one exception a, a couple minutes of shine here Hamilton Southeastern to me is kind of like team futuristic like you can yeah. look at it they were fifth this year now they were fifth with a with a point total that typically doesn't finish in the top five right I I am old enough to remember a team scoring, I think we had like 152 and that was fifth and almost sixth. And that was only two years ago um, that it's, it's more top heavy this year and, and closer, you know, five, three through nine or five through nine, whatever. But there, I don't remember any weeks that we ended the season thinking that HSC was one of the top five teams. They've right. got essentially no front runners. So their first runner scores 30 points. That was no runners in the top 50. Their first guy was 54th, but they get it done by committee. Yeah. And just some good pack running right there. HSC had the second best fifth runner of any team. Yeah. Well, I mean, what does uh, Scott Litzkin say, right? It's all about your fifth runner. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Fourth. Fourth. Okay. Sorry. Fourth runner. And then they had the third best fourth runner or actually fifth. Okay. I'm sorry. They had the fourth best fourth runner. But they get yeah. it done, and Podium HSE, HSE put five, or I'm sorry, they put six in before any other team got in five, with with one exception, that being the team that won. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, top you know, four come back next year. Well, that's what I was going to say. As you look at it, you know, they only lose one senior who scored. So, you know, the the present is obviously really great for the Royals, but the future. Uh, looks even brighter for them. So, you know, we talked a lot about the their girls this year, but the boys here are with a nice surprise, um, and they should be really proud and excited for their finish. Fourth place, Zionsville. Uh, this is pretty widely known, pretty widely published, is that one of Zionsville's key runners, one of the three returners from last year, or they had four returners, rather, three returning scores from last year's team that nearly won the state championship. And he dropped out of the uh, regional meet. Yeah. And was able to come in this week and get it done. 33 team points for Evan Mayo. Um, we're not going to get into maybe what he did or any kind of insider trading, any knowledge that we have on that. But obviously if, if you drop out of a meet seven days beforehand, there's got to be some um, doubt among the team as to whether he's going to be able to go or not. He comes sure. in with a 57th place finish. It's not the best race he's ever run in his life, but a it lot of times the state meet is just about doing the best you can and getting it done for your team and gutting it out. And that's exactly what he did. And that's why Noblesville finished on the podium. He saved them 70 points by doing that. Yeah. He, well, that's what, without that's him, what they finished about. 10th or 11th. You know, he, 
sometimes you get into a, you know, whether it's like the the regional meet where the advancements on the line, maybe you're one of those bubble teams, you're at the state meet and you're a bubble podium or top 10 team, or you're in the contention to win. And, you know, I got to have my best day ever. I got to go out there. I got to do this best, the best I've ever done. I got, no, no, no. You just need to be solid. You just need to show up and do what you do. You know, I, I think I've said before, you don't have to be special to have a special day. You you know, you just need to deliver. And, uh, you know, obviously he did that for his team. So congratulations to the Zionsville boys for uh, coming back on the podium again this year. Zionsville had never made the podium. And then last year, second, this year, fourth. Yeah. And I think that from an, from an outsider's perspective that, that occasionally has an inside view, just cause I mean, you, you and I are both this way. We're friendly with a lot of different coaches. I've gone over repeatedly the, the Zionsville Carmel connection in, in multiple ways, but it seems to me that this is a program that's turned the corner from, yeah, we're going to consistently be a state meet team to this is potentially a consistent podium team or a contender, maybe make it more years than not, or even. Um, and I think a lot of that credit, I don't know these two kids very well, if at all, but Sam Spees, Jack Turnbull, I think have, have shifted the culture, have shifted the thinking at Zionsville. Um, and I, I, I give Matt Helton and uh, Ryan Handy credit for this as well, that like, it, you can you can see even seeing them at the meet it just feels different than it did two or three years ago um and i i think zionsville is going to continue to be a to be a force yeah well uh they certainly are in the right area for that and you know you mentioned turnbull who comes back again next year to continue that some of that tradition and um he'll have a kind of a different cast of characters around him they're going to graduate quite a few seniors but um next man up let's go Brownsburg finishing third to me was a surprise. That was not a team that I would have picked to finish in the top five coming in. And some of the teams had some hardships over this week, Bloomington North, Noblesville, uh, you know, Zionsville, even dealing with that, but you know, whose fault that's not Brownsburg. Right. You they can. were there to capitalize on it. Yeah. And it's kind of a statistical anomaly to finish third with 218 points, but guess what? They're the ones that did it. Yeah. Brownsburg has now made two state meets in the history of the school and both times they finished in the top five. This is Brownsburg's best team ever. Yeah. And uh, that, that, like I said, it's Ian Baker, right? Not Ethan Baker, Ian Baker. Yeah. Ian Baker. I mean, he's one of the top, top kids in the state. And I'm sure a lot of the schools around here, especially Indiana, Butler, Notre Dame have got to be falling over themselves for a kid that ran like four fourteen as a sophomore and then came out this year and finished 10th, I believe at the state meet 10th, 10th at the Indiana state meet, which is a, it's a, it's a big deal as Joe Biden said once. Yeah, it is a big deal. We'll save the rest of what he said for the Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and, you know, Brownsburg is a team, right. That, uh, will only lose one of their scoring five uh, from this year, you know, so that's, uh, you know, that's exciting for them. And it's an area, you know, their track programs done really well, their football programs doing well. It's a, a, a demographic shift in the central Indy area. You're seeing a lot of growth there in Brownsburg. And then, 
uh, quite frankly, they're, they benefit from this uh, tournament route. That's different. You know, they they host one sure. of those regionals and uh, by dividing the central Indiana area, you're going to see, they'll make uh, it every year. Now. I don't know that they're going to be a podium that. team every year, right? but they're going to under the it. old format. They would have made it, but this year, but I'm, I mean, they were third at the state meet, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But moving forward, you know, you're going to see, you know, a team like this, there far more often. And uh, you know, that type of success, you know, uh, spreads in the hallway and gets excited at the middle school level. And that's fun. Right. And what does this mean for Brownsburg moving forward first year with their, with the new head coach, John Lotta, they've got continuity there. He does both seasons. He obviously does a good job uh, with the kids. He knows how to manipulate the live results and find out what the, what the results are before they're, uh, before they're released, like yeah. uh, some of the other coaches. And uh, he, he's, you know, I give him an A for the first year. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. Uh, Fisher's second. I believe this is the third time in the last nine seasons that Fisher's has finished second to Carmel at the state meet. Fisher's 185 points. They finish on the podium more times than they don't. I think they were good. And I, I think that if you look around the state, it's hard just based on based on demographics, based on enrollment, at least as things stand right now, and maybe in 15 years, it, it could be different the way things are moving. Um, but it's hard to say that we're going to be Carmel just because Carmel has so many kids and it's such a built-up tradition. But I think it'd be a really very realistic thing for some of these schools to say, if we come in here and get the right culture, get the right training, get the right coaching, we could be like Fishers. Yeah. And that's a very lofty goal because Fishers is always good year in and year out. Yeah. They're always solid. They're never going to step on their own toes. They're always going to get it done to the best of their ability. And they finish on the podium almost every year. Well, and we don't looking to next year. We don't see that changing at all. I know. Yeah. Watch, watch out for that. Uh, Watching your rear view mirror. Warner key is right on your tail, brother. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't have any red shells. <laughs> uh, and then Carmel one shout out 76 points. You got anything? We'll we'll do more on the Patreon in terms of like, no, no one's listening to this podcast widely available for everybody to hear my deep thoughts. I do coach the Carmel boys to hear my deep thoughts on the Carmel boys or go through our training or any, you know, to hear my shout out to Max Meisner or whatever, but we'll get into that on the Patreon because that's kind of the audience for that. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a good team, four seniors in the top, in the top six and uh, scored fewer points than everybody else. That was what I told them on Friday. So, yeah. Team strategy. Well, they are going to add up the scores of the top five boys among the teams that qualified. And if we score less than everyone else, then, then we'll we'll win. So let's try to do that. Well, they listen. So that's uh, some good coaching right there. This is why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah, both of them, both dollars. Yeah. Uh, okay, you want to move on to the girls? Let's talk about the girls. Let's go. Okay. Uh, oh, shoot. Can you pull it up? What, what was the – we did the – you and I calculated, and I did the breakdown of all state top 25 boys versus yes. top 25 girls. Okay, how many – 
how many uh, of the top 25 boys were seniors? Of the top 25 boys, 12 were seniors. 12 Great. senior boys. 12 seniors out of 25, which is a good number, but it's not super high. Yep. Uh, how many of the top 25 girls were seniors? If there were 12 boys, I imagine it would be way fewer girls, right? Because girls get slower as they go on and boys continue to get faster. If you imagine that, Colin, you would be wrong. There oh, were wow. 15 girls, 15 girls in the top 25 who were seniors, final year of Indiana high school cross country. So what you're telling me is for, for boys and for girls that the amount of work that you put in matters and that you can improve and do better over the course of time. If you continue to show up every day and put the work in, it'll happen for you. That's great. That's what I want to hear, which is why I brought it up on the podcast after <laughs> I already did the math. Okay. 25th, a senior from Valparaiso, Elizabeth Earhart, 1822, 24th from Bloomington North. Uh, the 800 specialist, no longer, she's a good distance runner, Taylor. Nola Summers Glenn, 1821. Callie Bentley, a sophomore from East Central, 1819. Hadessa Austin, a senior from Seeger, 1817. Mary Eubank, a senior from Penn, 1817. And then part of the five families, Elizabeth Rocchio, North Central sophomore, 20th, 1816. Her sister, Maddie Rocchio, a senior from North Central, 1815. Sadie Foley, a sophomore from Carmel, shout out, 1815. Sophie Ray, a senior from Plymouth, 1815. A lot of 1815s here. Elia Hayes, a senior from Northview, 1815. Elizabeth Butler, Jr. from Hamilton Southeastern, has a very good second half to her season, 1813. Hannah Moore, a senior from Northwestern, uh, 1807. And my Windows license will expire soon. I'll deal with that later. Uh, Alice Friesen uh, from Huntington North, a freshman and 13th, 1807. Maggie Powers of HSC, 1803 for 12th. Joey Restrelli, a senior from Warsaw, 1802 uh, for 11th. 10th place, Jessica Hegedus, senior, Avon, 1757. Kylie Klein, senior, Franklin Central, 1756. I feel like I'm saying senior a lot. I'm going to hammer that point home here. 15 times you will. 8th, rather, uh, Caitlin Stewart, senior, Floyd Central, 1751. 7th, Lexi Panning, senior, Fort Wayne Concordia, 1750. Sixth, a sophomore from Concordia, 1747, Mallory Weller. Fifth, a freshman from Valparaiso, 1746. Fourth, senior from Fort Wayne Homestead, Addison Canablo, 1737. Third, a sophomore from Chatar, Julia Score, 1723. Second, Nikki Sutherland, senior, Delta, 1715. And the state champion, a sophomore from Indian Creek, 1706, and that is Libby Dowdy. Thoughts on the individual race before we get to the uh, podium teams? So I think we had said, you know, Sutherland was the favorite going in. You know, certainly seemed to be the case the last month of the year. Uh, Dude, she was the favorite with 500 meters to go. And then surprisingly, given that, uh, because of her track prowess and all and whatnot, we we saw uh, Libby Dowdy uh, run away from her there at the end, and, and Dowdy's final thousand meters, well, thousand plus meters, uh, 
319, right? 319 put about nine seconds into in there. They were dead even with 600 meters to go. Yeah. Incredible finish from Libby Dowdy. You know, again, that was, she's a girl who we said she could get into it. We, it's not bizarre that she won. It's just something that we didn't necessarily predict. Uh, Julia score. We also talked about her being in the conversation. Addison Canablo was a favorite at one point and uh, had a, had a very strong, respectable fourth place finish there. And a bit of another surprise, something else unexpected with Whitney Anderson, the freshman out of Valpo. She'd led that team, the Vikings all year. And, uh, you know, the fifth place finish was a lot higher than maybe we would have projected. So uh, that just kind of propelled them to an overall fantastic day for and Coach we'll, Grandondo and his we'll, girls. We'll, we'll get into them. They, they got their one to two minutes here when we talk about the podium teams. Uh, and that may be the longest one we talk about, although certainly those, gosh, each of the top five teams, I think deserve some time. We're, we'll probably spend some time on the Patreon and you can listen to the Patreon. Uh, it's a $5 a month subscription, patreon.com slash Indiana runner. If you want to hear a lot of coaching stuff from the Carmel boys, things that, uh, we've done, uh, as coaches at Carmel this year, and then, um, about each of these teams will tie up some loose ends. So do you want to get into the top five teams here? Yeah, let's go ahead and move okay. to the top five girls teams. Fifth, Franklin Central. Shout out. I'm a I'm a Franklin Central in-law. My wife graduated from Franklin Central. My mother-in-law graduated from Franklin Central. 178 points for the Flashes. I looked this up. Uh, we've been doing tiers, right, all year. Locks, yeah. likely um, contenders. I had Franklin Central in the Lloyd Christmas division. Oh, and boy. I was way off. Uh, Franklin Central gets onto the podium with 178 points. One, one point Taylor ahead of conference rival Hamilton Southeastern. Yeah. Franklin Central in fifth. Fourth, North Central, 152. Third, Valparaiso, who I listed as a contender at the last second, but thought about having them in the Lloyd Christmas division just this week. 146 for the Vikings. And then a duel between two teams from the Summit City, 115 for Fort Wayne Concordia, 108 for Fort Wayne Homestead. Concordia had the better average team time and the better INCC stats rating, but the INCC stats rating does not give you the state championship. You run it on the course, you add them up, and that's how it came down. So let's start with Franklin Central. Are you surprised? Yes. You can see the time where we got like nine to go. Right. Yes, I am surprised. Uh, this was a team that, again, you said Lloyd Christmas, and and they obviously were able to deliver. This was a team that we had mentioned uh, was had bounced back and had a much better season from last fall, where they kind of struggled and some of those things were outside of their control. And then now, obviously, placing fifth, you know, that's got to feel really good. Have that redemption for those girls. So. A huge shout out to Coach Sweetman and the Flashes. I mean, just a phenomenal finish. Uh, They had to be so pumped to make their way on the podium. And uh, that was not something that I had on my bingo card for uh, yesterday. Great front running. We always knew that about FC, especially the top two, Kylie Klein and, and one of the Miller sisters. But here's how they got it done. The two teams that they beat that we thought were much more likely podium contenders Franklin Central got their fifth in before both of those teams. And at a margin, three points over one team, 12 points over another team. And they got in by one and nine points over those other teams. So it was Franklin Central's fourth and fifth 
getting it done to keep them close enough to put them in there. It's yeah. a foot race with a math problem and they could get done and say, add them up. And they did. And that's, it, it came up right for them. Right. Uh, fourth place, North central. This is maybe a team we'll get into a little bit more on the Patreon. Chad Wallace has been the coach for four years now. Four they years. For four years. The podium they never they hadn't made the state meet in, in over a decade. And they've made it all four years. And they've been on the podium three of the four. And, and the one team that didn't make it was incredibly close and maybe the best team out of all of them. Uh, they're just they're just getting it done. Yeah. They're just get he's he's like he just gets buckets. Chad has built this culture and totally turned things around from, you know, we're gonna work hard, we're gonna support each other, we're gonna love each other, but we're gonna we're gonna really push and we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do. And uh, he's got that support, especially from one of the five families, right? In the Rokios, where that's their mindset too. And, um, you know, they got it done. And, uh, you know, I, and really, I, I'd said this to him when we talked yesterday. Let's give a shout out to Kelsey Rimmel. I know I've talked about oh her my gosh. before. She was their number five. And she really uh, is the difference maker for that team in the sense that without that performance from her this year, they're not a podium team. They're a no, state they're, team, but they're not. Yeah, they're, a podium. they're more like seventh or eighth. Yeah. yeah. And a, per a perfect example, a perfect example of over time, it's not guaranteed, but over time you can become better. She ran over 21 minutes every race last year. And then she finishes, she scores 56 points at the state meet and finishes in the top hundred and her team finishes fourth. Yep. Chad Wallace could do presentations and maybe he should at the coaches clinic over positivity. Yeah. And having a positive perspective and being outwardly optimistic. And it's not just a boys, I'm sorry, it's not just a girl saying this could work for anybody. The power of positive thinking. Yeah. And the power of expressing your gratitude. You know what? Let's work with Chad and maybe we'll get him to present. I'll talk to a couple people in the association. Third place, Valpo, 146. Uh, talked to their coach for uh, a little bit during the race because he was on a scooter. My man, John Arredondo stepped on something and hurt himself and had to scooter around the course. Jeez. And uh, you know what? Better him than one of the girls, which is what he said. And uh, here's the crazy part. Great conditions, perfect weather. All seven Valpo girls ran their lifetime best. You know, to get all of your girls or boys to hit on the same day is incredibly difficult, right? We're talking about high school kids who have, you know, you got to get the training right, but you got to get all of these other external factors in their life to just kind of align. And uh, obviously they were able to do that, as you mentioned, with all seven running lifetime bests and that delivered in the in a third place finish, which we did not expect uh, going in. So that's awesome. This is not the first time Valpo's done this at the state meet either. No, there was another year they didn't finish on the podium, but they were way up. And this is somebody that that is guiding the program and has a great culture that that knows knows what what he's doing. Uh, runner up Fort Wayne Concordia, 115. Um, it's got to be disappointing to be that close. Uh, there was some mix up in the um, live timing that looked like they had won. And ironically, the runner that they put in there also had gone to school there the year before. Um, we're not really going to get into any of that. But what a season by Concordia. You know, 
even yeah, I mean, like to be this close and to be that close and not get there, but he does a good job. Scott Steffen does a great job with those kids that, you know, two on the top 10, um, not a team, a team we put in as a title contender, but it was kind of a reach when we, when we talked about that in uh, July or August, whenever we did the, the preseason um, podcasts. Yeah. What a season. And they, they come up just short. Their INCC stats rating is better. Their time is better. Um, it's very, very close between those two teams, but great, a great season by Concordia. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think at some point it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but I think Concordia will reflect on the season and be proud and excited uh, about how things went. Obviously when you're kind of the favorite going in, you have this expectation, this goal is desire to win. And then to come up short is hard. Right. Well, um, and we were the favorite because we've gotten so much better and we outperform expectations all season and we still outperform expectations at the meet. We just were a little short, which leads us into Homestead, the winner, a team that we had, I had essentially written call. off. And yeah. uh, I was, I'm here to tell you that uh, I was wrong. I don't know everything. I don't know everything. Can we clip that sound bite and post that sound. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm already cutting that out. I'm going to go ahead and ask. Oh my gosh, what kind of profanity was he using? It was a long bleep. Yeah. Um, first state title in, in cross country, boys or girls for Homestead, 108 points. Scott Lidskin theory here. Uh, Homestead got the best number four girl in, and it was by more than 10 points over every other team. And they were. You know, here's what I would say too. Addison Canablo at points was obviously the favorite. It had gotten for whatever reason that she wasn't necessarily a contender, but gutted out that race, finished fourth individually, scored one point, and that is all of the difference. Went out there and did that for her teammates, and it was all of the difference. Yeah, all of the difference. Yeah. Uh, real right. quick, you got you got like a like a one sentence thing. State highlight of the week presented by Three Rivers Running Company. You got one thing on your mind? Calvin Seitz, freshman from Jasper, right? Ninth overall, best freshman finish, uh, you know, in, in several years. And uh, he's kind of a kid we haven't really talked much about. You know, like he's down in Jasper and he flew under our radar. And so big shout out to him. Excited to watch next couple of years. My th uh, Three Rivers Running Company state highlight of the week. We'll do personal highlights on the Patreon. You can listen to it at patreon.com slash Indiana Runner, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Valpo Girls, seven of seven PRs, lifetime best. Dude, that's amazing. All right, man. Hey, let's switch it. We'll see you on the other side if you're a Patreon subscriber. And uh, Scobuffs. If you're not, you should be. Scobuffs. We'll, we'll right. come back. It's hard. Hey. We're struggling. All right. Hey, great season. Can't wait to see you on the Patreon. See you, bro. Back to back like I'm on the cover, lethal weapon. Back to back like I'm Jordan 96, 97. Whoa. I think I got my swagger back. Oh.